you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you. We certainly hope this finds you well and in the arms of our Savior, Jesus Christ. He alone deserves your worship. He alone deserves your trust. He alone provides salvation. We're going into a time here as we continue on in the chapter 18, then going into chapter 19, which is the crucifixion. And uh, these are really hard scripture to read, but we should pay attention to these. We should avoid them. With me just a few feet away is Kevin. Kevin, I got a question for you. What do you call a dyslexic atheist? I have, couldn't even guess at this point. A guy who stays up all night worried about dog. <laughs> Just don't even. Yeah, that, that's crazy. That's some pretty bad stuff. So what's what's going on with you, brother? <laughs> Belly laughs, uh, courtesy chuckles, and cold nights, brother. Tonight, it's I'm I'm here with you. Obviously, praise God. I'm excited, but 17 degrees is a little chilly at night. I my RV radar wants to point to the south and go to Florida, brother. Yeah. Praise God. I My life radar wants to point to the south and go to Florida. As a matter of fact, you just reminded me, I got to call my dear friend at Temple Baptist Church down there in, in uh, Florida and get my spring meeting set up to be down there to enjoy uh, before the uh before they start flying north before the what do they call them the uh the snowbirds the snowbirds fly back up north yeah so folks you know what we're going to look at today is nonviolence. we're going to see a lot of that in the scripture we're going to see as as the crucifixion begins as things are going on and you know we're still in the hearing portion right now on on the first two broadcasts this week today and tomorrow and uh, then we go strongly into the crucifixion and we're looking at this and you know people say why are christians nonviolent why are they trying to be nonviolent well we learn from the scripture and and we see over in matthew 5:38 through uh, 42, ye have heard that it has been said an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. And that's, you know, that's the way they lived at that time is old Testament, man, if you hit me, I'm hitting you back. If, if you take out a tooth, I'm taking out a tooth. And, you know, we've added to that over the years, haven't we? If you take out a tooth, I'm taking out two. And, and, uh, but then the Lord says in verse 39, but I say unto you that if you resist not evil for whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, turn him to the other also. And if any man will sue thee at the law and take away thy coat, let him have thy cloak also. And whosoever should compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain, walk with him, do it. Give to him that asketh thee and from him that would borrow of thee, turn not thou away. You know, what the Lord's trying to tell us is this is different. It now includes grace. Grace is different. Grace takes you to a new place. And and when you're a Christian, sometimes you just got to suck it up. Now, now God's not telling us to be killed or raped or anything like that. What he's saying is, let's forgive these knuckleheads out here. Just get away from them at the same time, Kevin. You know, uh, there's, a, there's a new God. There's a new Lord. He's always been there. Uh, but here he is. He's on earth, 100% God, 100% man. And and he's going to show the greatest nonviolent action in the history of the world. That's exactly right. And I think we uh, ought to front, <clears throat> front load the discussion, too, with the idea that there are, there, and you touched on it, there are 
parameters what the Bible does not mean and what it does right. mean. And um, yes, Jesus does say, if a man smites you on the face, turn, you know, turn him the other cheek as well. And the idea of nonviolence is, is not pacifism, which says we're not going to defend ourselves, we're not going to defend our family, we're not going to defend our nation. And the Bible interprets the Bible best. So when Jesus talked about that, like you said, really he was talking about non, don't be a violent person. In fact, the example in the New Testament church is that the leadership is told to be no striker. So that's someone that just likes to, you know, just get in a brawl. You know, it says not a brawler. So not to be quick to, the arm of the flesh if the church should not believe the arm of the flesh is the answer to flesh and uh so when the you know when when the when biden when whatever whatever they do doesn't mean that we just take up arms you know as far as you know persecution goes the bible says when they persecute you in one city flee to another it doesn't say you know, mount up a, a, a resistance. Now, there's a time for national resistance, obviously. Protect where soldiers are sworn to protect from all enemies, uh, foreign and domestic. And we take that very seriously. But on the other hand, we, um, we should not be quick to use the arm of the flesh. And the scripture that interprets this, again, in the New Testament, this, get this, I remember as a young Christian hearing pacifists say, you know, we don't, we just, you know, you shouldn't uh, defend yourself, you shouldn't have a weapon in your house, that kind of thing. And um, I read this in the scriptures, and I said, well, obviously it doesn't mean that, because Paul rebuked the church at Corinth for their suffering fools, in other words, allowing fools to have their way. This is what he said, 2 Corinthians 11, 19 and 20. For ye suffer fools gladly, seeing yourselves are wise. For ye suffer if a man bring you into bondage, if a man devour you, if a man take of you, if a man exalt you, if a man smite you on the face. And what he was talking about is you guys are so foolish that you let people take advantage of you. And Doug, when people... In, in our nonviolence, it's, for instance, if you have a narcissist in your life, never let them talk you into using Christianity as a, an excuse to make you into a scapegoat for their sinfulness. If they're projecting their sin upon you, you need to first of all take it to Jesus Christ. And secondly, like you said, get away from it. Take, you know, make your appeal and then break away. Make and then break. But um, I think there are the parameters, Doug, on nonviolence. Oh, there definitely is. You know, as a matter of fact, there's many things within the Bible. There's, uh, uh, you know, there's a war doctrine within the Bible, a battle doctrine, how we should handle things, how we should do is eminently of people going to get hurt and things of that nature. I think this is an individual responsibility with another individual. Hey, listen, if somebody really makes you mad and they're coming at you, just walk away. Uh, just show God's grace. And we're going to see an awful lot of that as we move forward, showing God's grace, believing in what God has to say. And and we need to understand that, you know, Christ is going to say, we're going to read it here in a few minutes as we go into today's scripture, that he's not of this world. 
And uh, so he's drawing this, you know, he's drawing a comparison here. I'm not of this world. I'm, I'm of a heavenly world. I'm, you know, mm -hmm. I'm God. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to live the way the world lives. So he he's given this talk, and, and he's doing it with judges around with the you know the hall of judgment. What do they call that? Praetorium in in in, in the Latin or oh, the uh, Italian or or, or uh, Latin word praetorium, where the the hall of uh, uh, judgment. judgment. And and you know we think about that, and he's saying, listen, I'm not of this world. Uh, in heaven, we don't have this hall. You either accept Jesus Christ or you don't before you come here, and you're in. And, uh, you know, we're not judging each individual. We're not coming through this hall to look at ourselves, to seek some type of man's forgiveness. Remember what this hall is for. You get to go in there and seek forgiveness for things you've done in your life. Remember what God is all about. Christ forgives you for everything you've ever done in your life. Every sin in your life is covered. You will never stay in judgment for a sin that you've sought forgiveness for when you get saved. And since you've been saved, uh, you're going to stay in judgment whether or not you're saved. And then the things you did for the Lord, that's what a Christian stands judgment for. So mm -hmm. this, is, this is so foreign to these folks out here. You know, they're so used yeah. to these judges. They're so used to all these things. And Christ just said, hey, hang on, fellas. You know, this isn't how God does it. You know, mm -hmm. you men can make up your court system and, and do those types of things. But God just, he just has one word, grace. And uh, grace, grace. And, and I think that's important, Kevin, to remember. To, he's drawing a comparison. Hey, this guy, he's, in, he's already in bonds. I mean, they're, they're getting ready to crucify our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's what's going on. He's already in bonds, Kevin, and he's saying, hey, we don't do it this way. Yeah, and when he's there in bonds in the judgment hall, he is, he is not taking up the arm of the flesh to fight against their flesh. That flesh is all over this thing. It's a kangaroo court. It's non-constitutional, you know, according to the law of God or according to the law of Rome. Pilate tried to get out of it. Pilate's yeah. like, you guys judge him. I don't see any fault in him. So everything had to be force-fit to uh, bring him down. But he did not take up the arm of the flesh. Unfortunately, that's not the case many times today. I think that we are in the day of kangaroo justice. If the left wants to take you down, it will not be a fair fight. It will be front-loaded, back-loaded. It's going to be awkward. It's going to be misunderstandings. Unfortunately, people that know not Christ, though they're good people, they use the arm of the flesh. The, you know, the Bible says the rich answereth roughly. And, you know, I, I love my last president and uh, praise God for him. But let's not use the arm of the flesh. Yeah, that's for sure. Hey, listen, folks, in just a minute, we got to go ahead and let these radio stations do what they have to do. So hang with us and trust we'll be right back with you and we'll continue on with the scripture. return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements. So we continue on with the life of Christ and what a life it was. And we can look at the life of Christ, our Lord and Savior, learn from it, grow from it, take what uh, 
he's taught us and apply it to our life. Isn't that what it's all about? It's just applying it to our life. And how practically can we take this and do something with it? We find ourselves continuing on in the book of John in chapter 18. And today we're going to be looking at verses number 36 through 38. Jesus answered as we continue on with the conversation here. He says, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews, but now is my kingdom not from hence. Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou the king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am the king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Every one that is of the truth heareth my voice. Pilate saith unto him, What is the truth? I almost named this particular episode, What is the truth? And when he had said this, he went out again unto the Jews and saith unto them, I find no fault at all. And you know, this passage is so significant. Um, that here's Pontius Pilate questioning Christ. Now, obviously, 99.9% of everybody brought to this court is the real deal. They're, mm-hmm. you know, they're guilty. Pontius Pilate can ask a few questions. As a lawman, you know, we see it all the time. I, you could see I talked to a prosecutor one time at church. He said, I asked two questions. I know everything I need to know about the guy. You know, uh, I had a defense lawyer tell me, yeah, 90 out of 100 people I defend are guilty as sin. And eight of the other ones are halfway guilty. And, <laughs> you know, so here's here's a judge, here's a governor, Pilate, here's the, here's the Roman guy in charge saying, listen, I'm not finding any guilt in the guy. And, and let me tell you something, when you're finding guilt in a person time after time after time, you get jaded. You're ready mm. to say, hey, this guy's guilty. Let's get this over with. Yeah. And uh, uh, so we got to remember a couple things. So I wrote down the nature of Christ's kingdom. We talked about that. It's not of this world. It's different. That's why it's nonviolent. That's why we're different because we're of Christ. We're Christians. We're trying to be Christ-like. The sanctification process is to be more. Uh, So, you know, people, you know, Christ didn't come here to establish a political party. Christ didn't come here to establish any type of system. Uh, You know, there's no, we don't name any Bible system by the way, after men or anything like that. It's about God. I, mm-hmm. I was watching this spot on TV last night. Actually, it was on YouTube, and I was watching. Uh, it was actually, uh, oh, man, Bradshaw. And uh, uh, so you have you have Terry Bradshaw. He was a great quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers, won four Super Bowls, all that. His best buddy is a guy named Howie Long, who was a, a defensive lineman, I believe, for the Raiders. Both of them are in the Hall of Fame. They, they're they on the, uh, the, the Fox Morning Show together and all that. So they end up doing all these USO tours. They literally said they do 25 a year where they travel to the troops and, and uh, they hang out with them, feed them, do all that. I actually met them. They came to Heidelberg, Germany. And anyway, they went to Italy, and Howie is a Catholic man. So Howie said, I really want to go to St. Peter's while we're here. So Howie said, all right, but we got to catch that plane over to Naples to be with the guys by 8 o'clock tonight. So they went to St. Peter's. They waited in line, and, and uh, you know, Terry had his hat on, and they, they finally someone had recognized him or something. But anyway, they got into the St. Peter's Cathedral, and Howie slaps 
slaps Terry and says, Terry, take off your hat. Take off your hat. Do you realize where you are? That's one of the bishops right over there. Take off your hat. And how he took off his hat and said, sorry, I'm a Baptist. He said, in my church, we worship Jesus. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not used to this whole man thing. So we got to understand the nature uh, of Christ's kingdom and, and the confession of his kingship. He said, man, and we talked about that just a couple days ago, the, the kingship of Christ. And, and, and then asking that question, what is truth? And, and, and Jesus is truth. He is truth. In him, there is no uh, lie. There is no evil. There is no other side, Kevin. And mm-hmm. uh, we serve a great God. Yeah. You know, as I'm thinking, and you're talking there, <laughs> it's funny about Bradshaw. <laughs> but uh, as you're as we look at this, you know, Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If it, if it were, uh, then would my servants fight? And this whole example of Jesus Christ, the Bible says he gives, he left us an example that we should walk in his steps. And that's not just talking about like how to talk. It's talking about the principles of what takes place in our lives that that we should also uh, follow to the same end that he did. In other words, if we, if we want to, Jesus came out of this thing really good after the crucifixion and resurrection. I'm going to follow those steps. So what are the steps? So the scenario is there are the Sanhedrin, the Jewish elders are kangaroo courting him using the arm of the flesh. They're lying. They suborned witnesses. They paid people off, whatever. And um, they're the narcissists. This this was a crisis of narcissism. And then, um, and God allowed it. And, and, and this is what happens so often in life. When you find yourself in the hot seat of awkwardness, just... Just stop and be quiet. Jesus was quiet, number one. Number two, when you're in the hot seat and you're, you know, is this a narcissistic thing or is this just something the guy's getting in the flesh, it's going to pass, and, 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 and so on and so forth. So Jesus was led as the land of the slaughter. I think number two, own what you can own. Jesus did end up taking the blame for our sins. So it's not wrong if you are being assaulted by narcissisms, narcissists to say, Okay, it's all my fault. <laughs> you know, just 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 kind of say, all right. So, and and I take that that came to mind, Doug, while you were talking because you were saying, you know, we're not. Yeah, um, I forget how you put it, but we're all sinners, and yeah. you know, we're in a world that wants to to judge everyone. Um, but so just go ahead and go into it and say, you know what, I'm guilty. All right, but but number two, you say, well, man, I'm putting myself out there. Then, well. I, I tell you, when you humble yourself, God takes up for you. And the third thing that happens is be clear. You find yourself able to be clear because Jesus said, my kingdom's not of this world. And he was saying, you said that I'm a king. <laughs> to this end, that was born. He had such calm reasonability about him that when I think when, number one, we just let, you know, let uh, humble ourselves, that, that God gives us reasonability when we and this is what a lot of people make the mistake with narcissists that when we take up for our own cause and say it's enough living for you i'm going to live for me then we're not able to walk the truth and we're and we end up maybe a little bit giving our enemy be it our spouse at that time be it our boss be it someone in political power we arm them with the ability to say, aha, 
because of his self-defensiveness. Because if I'm self-defensive, other people are going to say, well, I can point out some problems of his, but you disarm the enemy when you own anything you've done and then some. Again, you are secure in Jesus Christ. You are so secure that he is right there with you. And he who owned your sin has enabled you to just say, hey, I know I'm not perfect. I've not done everything right. But uh, I'm, I'm willing to say, look, I am to this end have I tried to live for the glory of God. I've not done a good job. And, but my kingdom's not of this world. I'm not going to hit you over the head with a frying pan like I feel like doing. Instead, I'm just going to leave it in the hands of my God. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And man, what a day. Let me tell you, you can get saved in just a few minutes, but it takes a lifetime to get right with Christ. And uh, folks, I, I can't encourage you more. I, I know as we look at this nonviolence today, we look at this scripture, we know it's leading up to Christ being crucified. I encourage you to learn more and more about your Savior. I encourage you to be all in, you know, uh, just study the Bible, you know, daily. Thank you for listening to this broadcast. Thank you for being part of this. Just grow. Just know that God's doing a work in your life. He is. God doesn't waste any of his words. They never return void. Just studying God's word for a few minutes a day mm -hmm. will completely change your life. Folks, listen, we love you. Happy Monday to you. We hope you have the greatest day ever. You come back tomorrow, we're going to be talking about choices. And there's some really hard choices that are going to be made here. I sounded a little New England there. We'll be back with you. May God bless you. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, understand that there is a cost to our sin as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.